This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Luke O'Neill, what is new though in the world of science? Tell oh, us. there's so much going on. Science never sleeps, as you know. It's incredible what's happening. Uh, where will I begin? The biggest thing I've found recently in yeah. the whole science lark is cancer by far, right? More and more evidence that we can stop cancer through the immune system. Oh, wow. And I'll give you one example. Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. So, it is Moderna. Let's disclose the company. We have no direct connection to. Let's make that clear. Yeah. I don't have any connection to Moderna. They managed to take people with melanoma. Well, yeah. you hear this. Skin cancer. Took bits of their tumour. Yeah. Figured out the bits that were wrong in the tumour. Okay. And made a vaccine from that. Wow. Injected that vaccine back into the person, right? And into now the, the tumour or into the person? It was just into the person. No, I think it was yeah. intramuscular. Um, back into the person, right? Woke up the immune system to go and fight those bits of the tumour mm-hmm. and they got a massive response. Is they, this a different theory? So I've read a lot in New Scientist magazine about an approach to leukaemia, which is about taking bone marrow from a specific person who has this sort of anti-cancer gene, putting it into the person with leukemia and the leukemia or HIV or other things, they go. That's the other one. That's the other thing that's great. Yeah, that's called CAR-T is the name for that. That's a really clever thing as well. But but the vaccine one is great because they got a a doubling of the response rate from their normal therapy. So twice the number of people will survive now if that approach continues as a clinical trial. So we'll see. But do you need is it specific to each person? It is. That, that was that was the beauty of it, you see, because because they took it each individual. That's a very expensive thing to that's do, by I'm the saying, way. That's like, the problem. You can't just bulk buy the no, vaccine. No, you can't. So it is. It's in, it's a, it's personalized medicine. So if you if, if you and I unfortunately develop skin cancer, my tumor is slightly different to yours. So your vaccine won't help. Me. Now we could both take chemo because that's a generic poison, and we both get poisoned by it, and we might we both might show some response, you know. But if I can train the immune system to specifically go after the bit that's wrong in me. And then we train your immune system to go for the bit that's wrong in you. Now it'll really work. You know, in other words, but if it's, it's a really expensive targeted approach, does that mean that like rich people will live and poor people will this die? This is the curse of this whole business. It's the, it keeps me awake at night, this, because the only reason I'm doing this is to get stuff into patients, remember. Yeah. If that gets restricted, that's horrible. You know, now again, that's a matter for insurers and it's a complicated is it, ecosystem, isn't is it? Is it expensive but, um, because it's in intro- Like, is there a way of making it? Well, like it's very technical. It's hard to do. In other words, okay. you need real skill to find the tumour and then take the sample. And they do a whole genome sequencing incredibly. They sequence the entire genome of the people, okay. found the bits that were different, and then, and then made the vaccine based on that, you see. So it is, it's technically very demanding to do. Now, ultimately, maybe every cancer patient, let's fast forward five or ten years, would not be every cancer patient. And then if you're saving the person's life, that's got to be economically viable they're still in the workplace or whatever so those arguments come into it but that's a really important question how are we going to get this to as many people as possible and i don't know the answer to that and but i keep pressing on that one now obviously the companies spend a fortune on research remember yeah and they've got investors and they've got to give money back to that investment so mm-hmm. and that justifies some of the pricing remember so it's a bit complicated economically to to uh, to solve that one but that, I mean, it's incredible if they have this cure for cancer. It's That's right. Just, I think we well, all well, hope that it would be. My, my next prediction for the future is that you're ready in our yeah. Star Trek moment. There will be more and more very high-tech medicines coming for Alzheimer's, for Parkinson's. Every government will have to grapple with how are we going to pay for this. And there'll be dialogues between the drug companies and the governments, and there'll be fights, and there'll be aggro. We need the European Union to help a little old Ireland in this battle, you know. So that, that's going to be a huge issue. Like, look, look at the Alzheimer's break, alleged breakthrough, mind you. There was a drug for Alzheimer's last year, yeah. seemed to slow down. Now, there was an effect in the trial. It was a bit, bit marginal, but there was something going on there, you know. Imagine if that becomes available and it's 100 grand a patient. Can I ask a controversial question? Is there something like... 
do we need to keep everyone alive? Like, do, do does nature not need some people to die? That's like, a very controversial question. I, but I, I'm not trying to, but you know. Oh, like, I hear you loud and clear. The planet's going to be full of 100-year-old people shuffling yes. around on Zimmer frames. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, <laughs> you just know? that, like, you know, you're, you're saying the, e- the economy of the, of the medication. So you save someone from cancer, they're still in the workforce. But they're not going to be in the workforce at 80. You know, why, what, why not? What age? Why not? Okay, 80, 90, whatever. Yeah. My nana died at 91. Yeah. She had breast cancer, but she didn't die of breast cancer. Yeah. She died with breast cancer. But you know what I mean? Like, there, there comes a time when it's like... Why are we keeping you Yeah, but your nana was contributing from... more than to the economy. She was helping you in your life. You know, in other words, there's oh, all these translations, all these knock-on effects, to, these kinds of things. You know? I'd love her to be alive. I, I think but... it's a great question to ask. I don't know. It's a, that, that's beyond my pay grade. But certainly, if there are medicines to help our loved ones, we have to use them, don't we? We can't say, oh, look, I'm not going to treat these people for the following reasons. I think, But it's a good question to ask what, what that would mean. I think the world economy... For my reading, though, them. like you know, if you're doing that sort of a special, like there shortly is a cutoff age where you have to die of something. If we can cure every illness, yeah, what do you die of? Boredom. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like you know, people would be like, well, just no, let me die. I've read a bit about this. So the the prob- the natural lifespan for us is probably 120, 25. That's the max you can get to if everything doesn't fall off on the way. You know, right. and trees live for y, and dogs live for x. That we all, all, all life on Earth dies, right? Yeah. No, nothing, nothing's immortal. So, in other words, our species, unlike a dog, which will live to be what twenty or something, we live 125 max. You know. Okay. So the goal would be to have health span. So you stay healthy until that moment and then eventually your organs wear out and you die, right? Yeah. That's the future potentially here. And if you can live your life to the full and all that kind of thing, you know, why not? And then you're probably working to a certain age and getting back into education. Whatever. I don't know what it is, but certainly you're right though. Will boredom be a factor boredom, here? Boredom, will you? How, it's you, a bit of a philosophical question, isn't if it? If you could die anyway, how would you die? How would I die instantaneously? Wouldn't that be great? So no suffering. We don't want to be in Just pain. in your sleep. Bang. Oh, God, be great. Pneumonia is a lovely way to die. <laughs> Why? Well, it's called the old man's friend. You just, you have, a bit of a, you have a bit of a fever, a bit of a cough, your lungs aren't great. You go to bed one night and you die in your sleep peacefully. Isn't that wonderful? So that maybe that's the way Sunday to go. Morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so maybe that's the one to go for possibly. You know? Okay, so you have a cure for cancer. What else is new? There's in the a cure for cancer. Well, let's, let's, let's do the CAR-T briefly. That's incredible stuff as well. So yeah. a company I'm involved with actually called Senda. They I are, read about you. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I that's didn't my know new that was thing. your thing. My new thing is Senda. So they're a very interesting company. I, I do lots of work for different companies, as you know, but because um, I'm, I'm trying to help them make make the discoveries real. Yeah. Uh, they've got a way, or potentially, of this CAR T business. Now, what is CAR T? I take your blood from. You've got cancer. Let's say let's say it's ovarian. Right. Although it works best for leukemia. Let's get that straight. It works for leukemia and lymphomas. These blood cancers. Well, then give me leukemia. Give you leukemia. I'll take a blood sample. Mm-hmm. I will take the T cells, which you know all about. This all thing. these killer T cells, yeah. Take the T cells out, which is a tricky thing to do. There's lots of different cell types in your blood. Remember, you've got to separate out the T cells using, we did in my lab, we did little columns, you flush it down, the T cells come through, filter them out. And I'm going to stick a gene into that T cell. A gene hunt, from who? Hunt down your lymphoma cell. Where did you get the... the it's well known. Lymphomas, all lymphomas overexpress a protein called CD19, right? Yeah. And if you've got that type of lymphoma in your blood, Do you the leukemic, oh yes, please. The leukemic cells are on their surface for unknown reasons are overexpressing this flag, right? Mm-hmm. I then train the T cell to see the flag. Okay. The CAR T stands for chimeric antigen receptor on a T cell. And I put them back into your body 
and they're like a heat-seeking missile. They latch on to the CD19 or CD20, there's two actually, and kill that lymphoma cell. And now you're cured of that type of cancer. Now, so nobody should be dying of leukemia or lymphoma? I know, but especially this type. Yeah, there's, there's a subtype of lymphoma. This is called B-cell lymphoma, the big okay. one. There are other types, but then they're getting better. There's a thing called multiple myeloma. They just have shown effects in that disease. They work better for blood cancers because the, the T-cells go back into your bloodstream. Okay. If it's an ovarian tumor, the T-cell can't get into the tissue and it dies. Because in, in a solid tumor, it's a very vicious environment. The tumor is spitting out acid. You know, it's soaking up all the oxygen. Well, can you so not, like, stick it right into the tumor? You can't. That's exactly. They're doing that. If you can directly inject into tumors is one possibility. The second thing that we're interested in is get the T-cell to be tougher. To fight tough that enough, acid. Man. Yeah, tough enough. That's right. Make, make, make it, um, you know, able to flex its muscles. In fact, I'm, I was due to go to a conference in America in in next in two weeks' time on getting the T cells to be tougher metabolically because the the tumor is soaking up all the nutrients. Is there something you can feed it? Well, if the if the T cell goes into the tumor and it's like a desert because mm-hmm. the oasis is soaked up all the water or whatever, if that's a good analogy, you know what I mean. In other words, if you can train the T cell to survive the desert. That's in a tumor. Then you might actually train it to kill the uh, to kill the tumor. So there's a lot of work going on. Now the thing is, this is very expensive because you had to bleed someone, take them into the hospital, take out their blood, separate the T cells, inject the gene in, grow them up in a test tube, put them back in the body, and it could be side effects, all kinds of things. It's it's an expensive treatment. What we're trying to do in Zenda is take a tablet to reprogram the T cells. There's no need to take the blood out at all, you know. So but can, like, can, is 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 this um, personalized again? No, because th- this type of cancer, the CD1920, is common to everybody okay. who has it. But ultimately, absolutely, you might you might again train the T cell to go after the specific thing in someone's specific tumor, especially in the solid, what I call solid tumors. You might personalize it that way. In other words, this CAR T business has taken off like a rocket. And I'm helping the company. There must be 30 companies now in competition, all trying to do what I'm describing. Very, to there's, get a race, there's a race on now. Yeah? And what Senda have is little what are called nanoparticles. And these are, in fact, they were used for the vaccines as well. Remember, the, yeah. remember the RNA was stuck in these nanoparticles. Mm-hmm. It's a del- delivery package, as it were, you know. But Senda can deliver that now to T cells, which is great. Ultimately, and it's, it's, a, it's still early days. But, but again, everybody, it's called Invivo CAR T is the name of this. But now that we know CAR T works. Could we get it to work in a more efficient way? Could it be cheaper to do this approach? There's all kinds of um, things we can think about there, you see. And it's that one tablet? We don't know. It's a good question. Now, the thing is, you might maybe repeat dosing. That'll be okay. Could be every day. It might work better if it's intramuscular because it gets mm-hmm. into your blood quicker. You know, there's various ways you can think about that. That's another part of it. That, that's, your, that's your drug uh, delivery business, which is a specialty. But that's right. It could, it could be one. It would be great, wouldn't shot. it, if you just got like... That's those two cancers gone. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah, and even more importantly, if we get to treat solid tumors, can you imagine if this if this approach works for lung cancer or or, or ovarian or breast cancer? These are all add-ons now. now. Now, clearly, the other thing to say, by the way, great progress anyway is happening. So we can probably treat twenty percent of lung cancers now, whereas before it was like one percent. You know, with lung cancers, Bre- with this CAR T thing. No, just in general with other approaches. If you are enjoying my podcast and you're enjoying my Instagram content and you think, you know what, how can I help Stephanie? How can I support Stephanie? I just want to give back, you know. There's a way. There is a way. Cam, you can sign up to become a Headstuff Plus member. It'll give you bonus content, content, extra episodes, and you can sign up by going to headstuffpodcasts.com. You become kind of one of the Headstuff community at that point and you can get in touch with me, get podcasts on demand whatever you want covered we'll cover it it's definitely worth a fiver a month go for it there's various ways to get the immune system to kill because chemotherapy is quite broad and quite furious isn't it like it's not it's just poison do you know how chemo was discovered in world war ii they were making chemical weapons 
mustard gas and stuff, right, to kill you. And they realized, oh, tumor cells are especially sensitive to those chemicals. Let's try it in cancer. And that was the beginning of chemo. But, but the trouble is very toxic. Yeah, so like chemotherapy poisons all of you. It does. And, and then, it, well, it's, it's especially good at targeting cells that divide too much. Okay. And tumor cells divide a lot. To form the tumor. Okay, that's why so your hair, hair falls cells. out. Yes, because okay. the follicles, are, you get awful diarrhea because the cells in your gut are dividing a lot and they, they start to die. And there's all these symptomology of these side effects, you see. But, but at least chemo worked a bit, remember, because there was nothing before chemo, really, for cancer. The advance came when we realized to get the immune system to do its job, you know. Yeah. See, it was known for a long time that people would spontaneously go into remission with cancer. You know, and and we, you've probably heard stories of this. That yeah. was for some reason their immune system woke up for unknown reasons and killed the tumor. So that was known. And then it was like, well, can we get the immune system to do it if on demand kind of thing? Is that why some people, I guess the immune system can wake up for any reason. But you know, there's people out there and they're like, I just ate vegetables and nothing else and I cured my own cancer. And it's like, okay, you're dangerous. Like, mis- you're mis- your un- lack of understanding here is dangerous. Well, that's why we need science. The cause and effect. You know what I mean? You, you so can like see something. cancer might have just gone into remission. Spontaneous remission. Even if they just eat McDonald's. That, that's why you need clinical trials. Yeah, so okay. let's take a thousand people and give them broccoli and see what happens. It hasn't worked. You know? no, so, yeah. so that's why you need trials to test that kind of thing. Taking a break from the show to tell you about our sponsor, HumdingerMortgages.ie, your new gaff without the faff. Humdinger are an award-winning mortgage brokerage and they specialise in finding the right mortgage for you. The best part is that you deal with the broker and they deal with every major bank in the Irish market so you don't have to trawl around talking to loads of people. They also make the best recommendation on what's the best way to proceed for you specifically and they stay at your side to help you at every step of the way from application to drawing down your mortgage. They're in the mortgage business, right? Not the application business. They have absolutely no interest in putting you through the ringer and getting you to fill out loads of forms without getting a mortgage at the end. And they're really honest from the get-go about what the problems might be with your application. But then they don't abandon you. They will stay by your side and give you the best advice on how to make sure that you are successful the next time you apply. They specialise in helping first-time buyers, people looking to trade up and people like me who are looking to save ourselves some money by switching our mortgage for a better rate. And like for me, I'm going to switch my mortgage. I'm working with Humdinger because like a reduction of even 0.5% on my mortgage rate can save me like 30 grand in interest over the whole term of my mortgage. Mortgages are the biggest financial decision you are ever going to make. So take advantage of speaking to experts and go to humdingermortgages.ie to begin your journey. But you're right, though, some, that spontaneous remission thing. Another good example, I hate to malign our friends who might go to Lourdes, but sometimes that works a bit. And that's probably a spontaneous remission anyway, which is linked to the trip okay. to Lourdes. That's this kind of thing. you know. Now, on the other hand, we know if you have a more positive disposition, shall we call it, mm-hmm. or whatever, your immune system does a bit better. So maybe that's part of this as well. So if you go, if you're, if you go to Lourdes and you're with your friends and you, and you believe and all that kind of stuff, well, your faith might help you. You never know. So I'm not knocking it. But, um, but the thing is, you're right. This immune thing is, is central now. And if we can just get that to work. Now, you want to do it in a targeted way. CAR T being a great example. You know? yeah. The other thing I have to tell you about the while I'm at it is go for it. the big thing are these checkpoint inhibitors. Have you heard of those? No. So, uh, for example, we know that the tumor turns off the immune system. It's very cunning. Okay. And a guy called Jim Allison in Houston, in Texas, discovered one of these off switches for the immune system. It's called CTLA-4. Another mouthful, right? Okay. And he realized if I stop that off switch being flipped, I might be able to treat cancer. So he designed a drug to stop the off switch, if you know what I mean. It's stop called, the off switch or stop start it. an on switch? No, stop the off switch. Strangely, enough, people have tried to kick on the on switch. Yeah. But the trouble is that irritates the body because the immune system is out of control. Okay. And in fact, some of those people get autoimmune diseases because you've ramped the immune system. Well, he said, now hang on a minute. 
and it was conceptually confusing in a way. He said, there's an off switch being flipped here. If I can stop that, it might work. And lo and behold, it did. And the look, Epilimia map came out of that. It blocks CTLA4. And that's now saving people's lives in lung melanoma. You know, it's one of these check. They're called checkpoints. is that not prophylactic? Like, do you not need to take that ahead of time? Early. No, yes. Soon after diagnosis, the sooner you can treat the better. Right? Mm-hmm. They're called checkpoint because it's like a barrier coming down. Yes, know? yeah. If you stop the barrier, the troops get in is the idea. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim is one of my heroes. Okay. Of all time, because he was always very radical, real cool dude, long hair, played in a rock band in the 60s. He's in his 80s now, you know, Jim. Okay. and I met him a couple of times and he was always the rebel at school. People told him this will never work, Jim. He spent years in the wilderness saying it's never going to work because we don't believe in these off switches anyway. And it's, it's, we'll never be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And he stuck at it and he won the Nobel Prize for this discovery with a guy called Hanjo in Japan who discovered another off switch called PD-1. So there's two off switches now being targeted. But it turns out there's loads of off switches. So again, companies are now trying to block different ones, you know. But there's Jim. And I mean, he, his Jim's discovery. Does Jim's off switch turn off something different than Hans' off no, switch? No, not well. That's a good question. That's the subtleties here, I suppose. They both work. If they you both work either one. For which disease? Melanoma being the great example. Now, not everybody. Okay. The trouble is, not everybody responds. You might be getting 10, 20% response rates, and we don't know why. You know, mm-hmm. that's still better than nothing. You know, you're saving one in five lives. Yeah. Who would otherwise have died? But how the much big is it costing? That's come down in price, mercifully. It began very expensive when it came out first. It's been, it's been on the market now for a few years. Right. Now it's come down, so mercifully that it should. And I think the HSE provides it in Ireland, so pe- people can be put on these. It's called Ippy. The other one's called Optivo. That's the PD-1 drug mm-hmm. that works there. So they're working, and, and, the, and, and the HSE is, is allowing patients to get access to them, we hope. you know. But they're still expensive. So like, you get diagnosed with melanoma, a plastic surgeon cuts it out of you and you start on Optima. Absolutely, 100%. And, and then, then your melanoma's gone. Hopefully, in one in five. Right, okay. So the, the big thing now is can we increase response rates to these things? Mm-hmm. The trouble is if you try and combine them, it's too strong. And now your body really gets sick because the immune system's gone ballistic on you. You know, so it's all about dose and all that kind of thing right, is happening okay. as well. And multiple approaches are being tried now. Another third example, while I'm at it, a good friend of mine, Vijay Kushiru, in Harvard discovered, I think I'll lag th- TIM3, TIM3, Another off switch. He's developing ways to block TIM3. What does TIM3 set off? That, well, that's another off switch. So, And different tumours might be mobilising different off switches is one possibility, you see. And then you might tailor it. All this is happening as we speak, this kind of research. You know, why I think it's so important is this will be soluble as a problem eventually. There's so many people working on it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't criticise people who want to try here, you know. And given the number of shots on goal, as we say, optimism is high. That in, it'll t- Now, it takes time, remember. 10 years from now, here's my other bold prediction, can, many cancers will be treatable. Right. At a minimum, they'll still kill you, sadly, but they'll extend your life. They'll and make, they'll make them the chronic. Of life? Well, that's the next question, I suppose. Yeah, that's yeah. the next thing to think about. But certainly we'll see a situation where you'll have, you'll have you know, you'll delay it or you'll, you won't cure it necessarily. Although some of these things cure. Totally. They eliminate the tumour entirely. And because of the immune system, it's always there, it remembers, just like with an infection. And we'll come back again if the tumour re-emerges. The troops are there. Right. in the castle waiting to come out again and maybe it could be a cure you never know they do talk about cure for the first time now with some of these approaches so you never know can you imagine in our lifetimes if we cure cancer yeah. that would be a cause for celebration wouldn't I it I think you curing know? it would be one thing but I think having some sort of prophylactic prevention of cancer would be that's the vaccine remember so HPV vaccine. the famous HPV um with, uh, you know, cervical cancer, that's, a, that's caused by a virus. That was easy, it turns out. Yes, okay. Not many human cancers are caused by viruses, strangely, unlike in mice. Well, there's lots of cancers that viruses cause there, but us humans, we don't have that as much. The one exception being um, HPV. Survi- survi- HPV. Vaccinate teenagers, bang, no HPV. 
and no 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 cervical cancer. Remember that was killing X number of the numbers, but there was a reason number of people dying every year. So like, but if everyone, if the cancer screen, if the HPV vaccine rollout was robust enough, would we able would we be able to get rid of cervical check? Absolutely, and in fact, the UK are now claiming to have eliminated HPV from their population. That's amazing. And, and now the thing is, it'll probably come in some. The, the only disease we've stopped entirely is smallpox. Remember, that's gone from Earth because yes. of the smallpox vaccine. And remember, smallpox killed millions and millions of people. It was also weaponized, though. It was weaponized. It was weaponized. So it wasn't just, it didn't spread naturally. Well, people through. forget, we're, it's well past our time, but uh, smallpox was the most feared infectious disease for thousands of years. One in three died of it. What were the symptoms of it? You began with these awful pock marks, the famous yeah. blisters. You like know, chicken pox. Chicken pox, exactly. And then eventually your whole body gets infected and you get a sepsis it's called sepsis type response and you die of liver kidney failure horrible What's one in three die monkey pox at the moment that's gone thankfully we never hear that now do we thank no. god that's gone from the tv yeah. and the radio that that wasn't that a big a deal anyway i think that that, that was symptomatic of we were all on a hair trigger you know? yes yeah <laughs> another virus god is they gonna be like god? yeah well if they start talking about bird flu the way you were talking about it well earlier. that's the one to watch honest to god and i'm gonna do that next week and my dear friend with pat we're gonna do bird flu because i think it's important and i think it's very important in the context of what we, we, we discussed previously you know pandemic preparedness what are we going to do if bird flu jumps into humans? Let's get ready for that. And it will involve lockdowns, more than likely. Because the reason is we can't get the vaccine out quickly enough. You won't vaccinate everybody. They can never know. We might open up Lansdowne or we'll the, the Aviva again. You know, like the I, vaccine is there. I do so. think that people, if you said, this is bird flu, we know a lot about it. Yeah. It kills 50% of yep. people. That's right. People will Including children. Yeah, Remember? you know, <laughs> people will stay indoors. Whereas it was like, we don't know what this is. It's yeah. kind of like pneumonia. Yeah. Like you might get it, you might not. Yeah. That's why people worry. And that's why the pandemic preparedness is a challenge because each virus is going to be different. Yes, yeah. Unless another coronavirus comes along. Remember, there's still a risk of that. Although the latest on that is, have you seen that stuff? The FBI have said it probably was a lab leak. So they, there's more of a consensus now emerging. Now, there's no data as far as I can make out that's so it wasn't come to light. Pangola from... It wasn't a, whatever those creatures were, do you remember? Um, yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the FBI very bravely have said it probably was a lab leak. Now, do they know things we don't? Because in my opinion, there isn't any d new data. There isn't sufficient data to say one way or so the other. So the American FBI are saying that the lab in Wuhan leaked yeah. the coronavirus, that they had... More than likely. Was well, a human creation. It. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a human creation as such. It was, it was just they were working on it. I mean, one option always was if you grow the virus in a lab and you get a very high dose in a test tube artificially if you see what I mean because yeah. you're growing and studying I mean, we don't mind you will grow it up and want to study it you know that kind of got into someone and the high dose infected them you know and then mm -hmm. they were then infected and they began spreading it that, that's an option you know yeah and it could have because they, they dropped the test tube it wasn't engineered remember because there's no evidence for that let's get that clear now so or, like or, where had they gotten it well they must have picked it up there was a woman in that lab called the bat lady you may have heard of her um, she was famous for working on coronaviruses she'd gone to a cave somewhere in China to get samples okay uh, they were working on coronaviruses though so was, like uh, some bat has it so oh, it began on a bat for definite yes okay and then they now the, the, the question is could, could you catch it off a bat is the question really well, in the you'd wild? Well, you want to be like licking the bat or something. It's that kind of thing. You'd be licking it exactly. The bat would be shouting at you. <laughs> yeah, or watching a match with you. Oh, what? Um, so, but like, if if the FBI are saying that, is there no um, consequence? Like, you can't well, like, just. You'd want as a political party. Like, are we going to sue China for trillions and trillions? You know, I mean, well, I yes. mean that's the other thing I've read recently that that's interesting. So, so this virus did wipe trillions off the world economy. 
remember. Now, we will recover from that, you know? Yeah. And then they get, they criticize, sometimes people criticize the US government for put, giving money to Pfizer and Moderna because they did put billions into them. Mm-hmm. But that's because they knew we're losing trillions. <laughs> Someone's going to rescue us from this nightmare. Yeah. And they need this money to develop the vaccine. So it seems like a lot of money. But when you balance that against the economic destruction, it's justified. Is the argument that's being made. Just taking a break from my podcast to tell you about another podcast I think you like. It's called Personality Bingo. So Tom Moran is back with his podcast, Personality Bingo. Each episode, it uses randomly selected questions chosen by bingo balls. And then Tom interviews a special guest to get a fun and usually insightful glimpse into their lives. Definitely one to listen to. Hey guys, Tom Moran here. I am the host of Personality Bingo, a podcast where we put 60 minutes on the clock. We've got a bingo machine with 60 balls in it. Here you go. And we've got 60 corresponding questions. The questions can be anything from have you ever seen a ghost to what's the most important quality for you and a romantic partner to have you ever or would you ever consider seeing a fortune teller. In season two of Personality Bingo, we've got episodes with Brezzy. We've got Emma Kerwin. We've got Justine Stafford. If you want to go back into the archives, we've got 130 episodes there, including episodes with Paul Meskel. That's Personality Bingo with me, Tom Moore. Is it the case that Pfizer and Moderna were given that money with a contract that it needed to be at a certain price for a certain amount of time? That time is now sort of expiring and they're going to be able to increase the price of those vaccines. That's the next worry. So there's no doubt they were cheap. Well, they were free. They were free. <laughs> Remember, yeah. because the government paid for them. Yeah. None of us paid for our vaccine, did we? You know, so the governments around the world paid for these, right? Yeah. The drug companies did make a huge profit from them because they said, look, we're a business and we need to make a profit. Now, they are reinvesting that money in research, by the way. It's not all yeah. buying a big super yacht if you're the CEO territory, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's good, I suppose. The money recirculates. The economics sure the of this. the CEO is getting a nice fee. Oh, I got to go bonus, I'd say. Yeah. But the money recirculates. That's the whole reason for this so I think I think um, the pricing's gone up now that's a bit unfortunate isn't it and, and well uh, not if you think everyone's already vaccinated and it's grand well yeah I suppose that yeah, but the, 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 is there price gouging that's always the question in the, the pharma sector how much gouging happens but like how many more COVID vaccines do we need well that's the next question do we, wait, do we have to wait until winter to see that no they, they're seeing it now Moderna and Pfizer as a black swan event if you know what I mean a I real don't. rare event so in okay. other words it's unlikely this is going to happen again that a disease will come along, two companies step up, make the vaccine, and they both make 50 billion between them. You know, like it's not as if you invest in any company now they're going to make all that kind of money again. You know, Mm -hmm. investors call these black swan events because they're so rare, unless a new virus comes along. Now, you're right, though, in the winter now, it'll be like the flu. So it'll be offered to vulnerable people, older people, people with comorbidities, just like the flu is, and it'll be similar once a year. In fact, fact, the, um, the CDC have said that in America, this will be a yearly shot. When will it be the case that you get COVID and it's not a seven day testing release thing. It's just like, just come back to work when you're better. I think it's now, isn't it? I think at the moment it's well, like it's any other respiratory seven, disease, isn't it? It's still seven days. It's still, still seven days. It's still seven days from your positive test. Yeah, I suppose they're still slightly cautious, maybe. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just another respiratory virus mm-hmm. that's jumped into humans. It's joint flu, which jumped in hundreds of years ago. RSV jumped in, you know, probably yeah. 100 years ago. So you don't and another one. It's another, it's a rep, it's a repertoire of respiratory virus. Because there's still here. a, oh, you know, Luke has COVID situation rather than Luke's sick. Like, do you think that still people should be testing, antigen testing and... Only if you're visiting vulnerable people. If, you, if you're 
have a, a relative is old or someone's got diabetes, then you might be careful. And, and that's sensible it's still because you don't know about their immune system. You know what I mean? But is that just because of the asymptomatic transition? Transmission? Precisely. precisely. So yeah, yeah. you do. And you certainly don't want to be gone if you have symptoms. In yes, that situation. in any symptoms. Like it doesn't matter if you do it because what I find is people are sick yeah. and then they're saying, I did an antigen test, it's not COVID. It's, yeah. I don't care if it's COVID, I don't want whatever you have. I know. Stay I away. You've got to be sensible as well in the end. We have to live our lives, haven't we? So my, my, my overall position on this is as follows. Given that we're all vaccinated, most of us, mm-hmm. given that we've had it, if you catch it now, if you do spread it, it'll be a low dose you're spreading probably coated in your antibodies. So the chance that you will give someone else severe disease is a lot lower because Mm -hmm. of the state of your immune system, you see. Now, that means for the vast majority of people, don't be worrying about it, you know. Mm -hmm. But certainly, if you're going to visit a vulnerable person or an older relative or someone who's got diabetes and heart disease, then you might think, well, hang on a minute, I'll antigen test. You know, just in case, because I don't want to give it to that person. Because remember, they may not be as protected because of their immune system being defective. That's okay. all I would keep in mind now. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be um, staying at home for seven days anymore, yeah. you know, ge- in general terms anyway. So the well, antigen testing the still has a, Well, I don't know, but the antigen that. testing still has a role. Yeah. And it's a very useful weapon. I think lessons learned, we should have adopted that more quickly. That, 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 that's I'm sure we were saying that Pat Kenny, you were saying it, Pat Kenny oh God, was we were saying it for months. And, and even if it's only half It was the same with the masks. The, like, why were they well, so slow? What got me was this. Like, even if it's 50% effective, you lose half the cases by using it. That's a great thing. You know, it's not yeah. perfect, is it? Remember the great line stuff during the pandemic? What, uh, perfection is the enemy of... of the, the perfect word. is the enemy of the good. That, that, that's right. That, 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 that applied to masks and, um, and antigen testing, I think you see. So yeah. that's the other thing to remember. So, so I think there's a role for this. It's not, it hasn't funny gone away. If that it's still a dangerous virus, if that does go into someone who's vulnerable, it could kill them. It could kill them. And secondly, if someone who's healthy gets a high dose and they're very sick, they might have heart complications for the years. This kind of thing. So never, never forget, it's still a virus. But it's equally with flu, though, and RSV. These are hor- they're all horrible viruses. Remember, mm-hmm. there's nothing different here, in a way. Uh, what finally? What do we need to know about science? Do you want my new discovery? Yeah. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Pin back your logos. Another exclusive. For the Stephanie Prizner podcast. Dun, dun, dun. It's called basically. So I've been telling you this already, haven't I? And I'm so excited about it. Now, it hasn't come out yet. We're waiting for the paper to be published any day now. Dun, dun, and, and they're dragging their heels and I'm very annoyed because we the paper was accepted back in November. Yes. So th- just tell people, but y- y- yes. y- you may have heard of Nature. That's right. Um, the big journal. It's, it's like a, Time magazine, Newsweek, you name it. It's like winning an Oscar. It's like RSVP magazine for science. That's right. <laughs> now, and now we're coming into Oscar season. It's like the season. RTE guide is for telly. Without, without blowing my own trumpet, getting a nature is like winning an Oscar in my business, kind of, because it makes yeah. your career. That's okay. what I remember. You've been in it before, been, though, haven't I've you? I've had a few of them, must be said. So. But here's the discovery. Are you ready? So we work, it's a disease called lupus. Heard of it. specific disease that we're interested in here. An autoimmune disease. Now, lupus is a nasty autoimmune disease. Anybody listening who has it will know exactly about how it is. Skin rashes, kidney problems, joint pain, eye inflammation. It's a multi-organ systemic inflammatory condition. There are some treatments that will slow it down a bit, but still we desperately need new insights into this disease. Mm-hmm. So we've discovered my team now the thing is give credit to Dylan Ryan Alex Hoofman they made the discovery my, my main job with them was I just said just keep going here's more money that was my main yeah, bank they, rolling well, they were doing behind my back how dare they uh, and they were the first to show me this that's really cool so my job was to be enthusiastic and help them a little bit so what they found is an enzyme in the body 
you know these enzymes they do all kinds of things what's the difference between a protein and an enzyme pro- proteins are enzymes okay yeah, so they're made that, that, in fact one of the main jobs of proteins is to be an enzyme, enzyme. if you like so the, this enzyme is called fumarate hydratase there's a mouthful FH for short you will remember fumarate from the Krebs cycle that's right oh, insert biology. oh now we're talking it is exactly that's why we looked at it as a Krebs cycle so FH for short right mm-hmm. um, a good way to remember this is and my lab has been working on this for years when you eat sugar or fat right you burn it and then you get energy we all know that right when you're inflamed and your tissue is infected with COVID or lupus it burns the fuel in a funny way and fumes come off mm-hmm. fumarate see what I did there I got Fum- it yeah so this FH fumarate enzyme is repressed in patients with lupus first of all it's lower in those patients okay and that really irritates the body in other words you need FH to be there to burn the nutrients if it's if it's te- it's like sticking a wrench in an engine and now the fumes begin to build up okay and the fumes we've detected very importantly right it's the mitochondria which is where Krebs cycle happens powerhouse of the cell it is releases what's called RNA and we're in the RNA world mm-hmm. and that's what's irritating the body so the mitochondria okay. spits out its RNA and that drives inflammation and lupus we think now what's nice about this study is as follows the reason why I haven't, they haven't published it, another group in Germany found the same date as us. FH was being repressed, right? Yeah. Except in cancer. Well, okay. Now, cancer can irritate the body hugely as well. It can yeah. cause inflammation, just like in lupus. So nature loved this because it's two different diseases with the same defect, if you see what I mean. So are you so, suggesting that if you were to somehow inject FH into people? Precisely. It could reduce. That's my next thing. If you could boost it and stop it going down. You can, it's, and that's a subtype of cancer. It's renal cell carcinoma. It's a specific type. You know, every, yeah. getting back to our previous thing. It's it's a you know particular type of cancer. Would that be why some people who are and I'm not a science a scientist or a doctor, so please don't do this. But some people are advised by their doctors when they have these autoimmune diseases to do a thing called OMAD, one meal a day. Possibly. Because yeah, then yeah. the Krebs cycle is only happening that one, so the fumes are reduced. It's been controversial whether you can intervene in cancer with diet. Through diet. That's too controversial. Not cancer, but autoimmune diseases. No. Well, autoimmune, autoimmune disease, again, is controversial. Now, yeah. It's been very hard to show that. So I'm not sure, but it could be part of it. You know, there could be something in it. Yeah. And now we're revealing what that thing might be. And if we can just specifically... Well, if you want me to, if you want to pay me to just do more research on that, I can, I can absolutely, absolutely do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Now the thing is, I can't wait for this to come out because we're waiting. What, Does it what, come out in a magazine? Like, is in it a, maga- a physical magazine? Will it be in Essence? Um, it will be in Essence. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. And, and the thing is, um, what's dragging it is the German fellows have been taking their time on finishing their one off, but I want to put for bigger impact. They want both together. Together, and then Nature does something interesting. They have a thing called a news and views at the start, mm-hmm. where some science journalist. For the lay audience, right, well, describes it, and they're going to have a news and views. So it's my first night to have a news and views as well. Oh, which, cool! Which is very exciting, and that will explain what I've just said there. I and, want to write the, the news and views for nature. You sh- would be well equipped, given that you well know what Krebs cycle is. Now, now, now yes. that you know what Krebs is, you'd be well, well qualified to do that. Well, one. congratulations! Thank you very much. So I feel honoured yeah. to be in the presence of such genius. There you have it, and I'm honoured to be in the presence of the most famous woman in Ireland. The most famous. That's me. <laughs> You've never heard of anyone else. Okay, Luke, I'm going to let you go. We are going to, you can eat your cookie now and we will have you back to if bird flu kicks off or if... Um, Can't wait. Anything. Not for the bird flu. but <laughs> Not for the bird flu. Luke O'Neill, everybody. Thank you so much. If you have any questions for me or Luke, you can email them to basically at headstuff.org. That is it for today. We will be back next week. Our... Music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gower. We were produced today by Julie Hassett and we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. See you next week. 
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.